Hi fam, and welcome to a Sober Girls podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and I have been sober for 11 years, and through that time have been through my own ups and downs, not only with staying sober, but also learning to live life on life's terms. If you are listening to this, then you have previously or are currently struggling and are ready to take certain steps to get better. Alcoholism has affected each of us differently, but we all have the same stories, what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. You are ready to make a change in your life, and we are glad to have you here. This community is one of strength, commonality, and inclusion. The only way we stay sober is to help the suffering alcoholic and addict, and I am ready to take you on that journey with me. So let's get started. What's up, fam? Happy Wednesday. I hope that you had an amazing weekend. My week actually got a little bit better. I mean, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm so much better. I definitely am feeling better after last weekend. I walked around in a in a daze for a bit. Took me a little bit to come kind of to, I don't want to say come to, <laughs> but essentially that's what happened. It took me a little bit to come about to my senses and I definitely am feeling better. I talked to my sponsor a lot this week. I also made sure to stay in communication with other people in sobriety. I made sure that other people knew what had gone on and just staying transparent and open made it a lot easier. I actually had the chance every week I get together with a friend of mine and we have coffee every week. That's something that has been really a huge thing for me, especially in the past well, gosh, it's been since July, I think, that we've been doing this. We get together and have coffee once a week. And we have been talking about our faith and me going back to church. I left a church because I had some, not morality issues with it, but just some personal issues with what was not being taught at the church, but some of the sermon subject matters And I felt like there were some possible undertones of non-equality. And that really bothered me because Jesus doesn't just love, you know, like the rich people or the white people or, you know, the non-drug addicts or, you know, he loves everybody. He loves literally everybody. So um, it really weighed heavy on my heart. And the reason why it bothered me so much is because when I did my 12 steps, I did them with my sponsor who she and I go to the same AA meeting. But when I first moved up to where I live now in Virginia, I started going to Saturday morning meetings and she told me about this place called Celebrate Recovery. And she goes there on Friday nights at our church. It was on Friday nights. And it was really weird because Celebrate Recovery ended up being held at the same place where I was just starting to go to church. And, you know, there are no such thing as coincidences. There just truly isn't. And um, I guess, well, if you don't have an act of faith in a higher power, um, there probably are coincidences. But it truly was a God thing. And... After some reluctance, I decided to go. And I actually really enjoyed it. Um, Celebrate recovery. What is it? 
Celebrate Recovery is a 12-step program, okay? But it's a 12-step program that is done based on faith and the Bible. It's done based on scripture. And when you show up, what happens is you have a worship session prior to breakout groups. So you have a small group session and you sing worship songs and there is usually a guest speaker for the night and there's usually a theme for that week. So it's not like an open discussion AA group. It is like a closed discussion AA group where when you go to a closed discussion AA group, you are working in a certain set of parameters, whether it's a big book meeting or a topics meeting or a one of the other ones is a traditions meeting or a serenity meeting. So there's themes to closed meetings usually um, and an outline. And that's kind of what Celebrate Recovery is like only in a church. And so then after you spend some time in worship and listening to the guest speaker, then you go and you talk in groups. There are different groups. And I'm going to be real honest with you because it's not like anything that we do here in AA. Um, In AA, we have obviously alcoholics. In NA, it's for drug addicts. But for Celebrate Recovery in and of itself, it is for everyone who has, I don't want to say control issues, but hurts, hangups, and habits is the way that they look at things. And so in my group, in my breakout, there were women there that were dealing with alcoholism. That was the biggest part of it. But there was also some women in that group setting that had an eating disorder. And I think really that was it. I think there were two or three in there with eating disorders. And then the rest of us were alcoholics and addicts. But in other breakout groups, there were trauma groups. There were groups for pornography and all of these groups are created so that you have a chance to talk about your hurts, hangups, and habits in a light group with other people. And so if you want to discuss your childhood trauma and you don't have problems with drinking, um, you'll go into that group. Or if you have um, addiction to pornography, you'll go into that group. So there's there's a couple of different things because the 12 steps, what Bill and Bob didn't realize when they started the 12 steps is that they weren't just writing a manual for alcoholics, right? They weren't just writing a manual for how we should get over or go through or come out on the other side of alcoholism. Um they were writing a script for life. And there have been so many other programs that have adapted the 12-step program into their recovery. So it's not just for alcoholics or addicts. That being said, there are breakout groups specific to those issues of addiction. So the one thing that I really did like about it and still do like about it is that they use the 12-step principle. And um, when you're doing the steps or talking about the steps, 
you're doing it in a faith-based manner, right? So principle one, for example, um, instead of step one, it's principle one. The principle is that I realize I'm not God, that I admit that I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing, and that my life is unmanageable. The reason they have it done this way is, again, because there are so many other things that people can have in their lives that are unmanageable, right? Pornography addiction, getting over your past, codependency, abusive relationships. There are so many things in our human world that really are, that that the 12 steps really benefit us from. You know, quitting smoking, that's another one. Uh, my husband has struggled with that. And so that's one that... Um, we definitely respect and understand and he uses AA or Celebrate Recovery because the principles are the same for overcoming his addiction to nicotine. So each step is tied to a Bible verse. And for principle one, the Bible verse is, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Our amazing journey, recovery, starts with principle one, where we admit that we are powerless to control our hurts, hangups, and habits, and that our lives have become unmanageable, out of control. But before we begin this exciting journey, we need to ask ourselves the following two questions. Are we wearing the mask of denial? And over what do we really have control? The thing that I really like about this is I'm actually reading from the Celebrate Recovery Bible. They do have other literature, but they have the Celebrate Recovery Bible. It is done in NIV version, which is the New International Version. So there's not been a change to the Bible itself. But instead of it being just like a Bible for women or a Bible for men or, you know, the learning Bible, it actually is like the big book in the sense that it has stories in it from people who have overcome either their type of addiction or recovery. And it also goes into detail to explain when you are going through what unmanageability looks like, you go into the Bible verses to talk about how there are certain parts of the Bible that correlate to what you are going through. There are some really good stories in here from people who have gotten sober. And I will tell you why this worked for me at the time. At the time, when I was doing my 12 steps, I was struggling with my faith. Okay? I wasn't necessarily struggling with God or believing in God. But I knew that there was a God. I knew there was a higher power. But I was really struggling with that aspect of understanding a spiritual relationship and connection. And so when I started going to church and when I realized there's celebrate recovery there, it was a really good opportunity for me to build on that relationship with God. I am a very hands-on visual person. And so for me going to church allows me to soak in that that ambiance, that relationship, that community and so that's something that really, really motivates me. I am um, 
currently still looking for a new church because I do miss those relationships and I do miss that community and I do miss that connection with God. I can talk to him anywhere I want, anytime I want, and I know that he's there. But for me, there's also a sense of understanding being in those communities once a week. Just like going to AAA is really good for me. It's good for my sobriety and my connection to keep me sober. So is going to church for my my faith and my relationship with God. And there are a lot of people that will go to AA and not get it. There will be a lot of people who will go to NA or rehab and not get it. And there are so many different forms of 12-step programs out there because not everybody is the same. Not everybody can truly grasp sobriety in the traditional Alcoholics Anonymous setting. I grew up in Alcoholics Anonymous, so I truly enjoyed it. But where I was lacking in certain areas was my relationship and my faith. So there's a story in the Bible And it's about step one, or it's in the area of step one or principle one. And it's about a gentleman named Dave. And he is a believer in God and he struggled with alcohol and drug addiction. And it says in here, sorry, that he was introduced to a 12-step program after his second arrest. And after attending the program for the court-ordered 12 months, he moved on with his life. So that 12-step program that he went to was more of a rehab or a classroom setting because he graduated. So we have that same kind of thing here in Virginia where I live. We have a drug court. And in a drug court, you go there, you take classes, you go to AA or NA. And when you are done with that, you graduate from that program. Well, the problem with graduating for the program like in everything else with life, when you graduate from something, that doesn't mean that you're done learning, okay? Learning is something that never, ever stops. And if you stop taking in the educational information, then you will not truly progress in your field. That's why so many jobs have required education. When you are there for so long, you have to have so many hours of on-the-job training, Or you have to go to special schools in order to work um, on certain new machines. Everything is always changing, right? It's always fluid. So he went to move on with his life and he got arrested two more times. And he could not figure it out. He could not figure out what was going on. And he says, I had reached rock bottom and had finally come to realize good itself does not dwell in me. That it is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. So he went through and he did the 12 steps, right? But for whatever reason, in a traditional secular setting, he wasn't grasping the concept of carrying out either the message or working the program. So... He ended up going to celebrate recovery one night. And he had done that because he was living with a woman. And the woman suggested going to a small group. And when they were in the small group, they were praying for him for to have a relationship with God. And 
he really felt better once he was in a church community and he wanted what everyone else had. In his sense, that was the first time that sobriety was going to work for him. So if it wasn't for that 12-step program at church, he does not feel like his sobriety would have been successful. And that is the beautiful thing about the 12-step program, is it doesn't always have to be at AA. It doesn't always have to be at NA. It doesn't always have to be at rehab. What you need to do is find something that actually works for you. So what did it look like for me? I was going to the uh, worship part and I was going to the breakout meetings. And eventually, after two and a half years, my very, very, very patient sponsor told me that she was going to be holding a step meeting. And I wasn't so sure, you guys. I was not sold on a step meeting with Celebrate Recovery because it wasn't in the traditional AA format. I had a little bit of resentment towards the fact that I had a little bit of resentment towards the fact that some of the people that we were in the group with kind of took it not so seriously. I'm not sure if I would have fared better one-on-one. You can ask your sponsor to do the steps one-on-one. I would, I personally would have felt better had I done the steps one-on-one, but I also trusted, I trusted Carol and I, so I went through it. And the good thing is, is that I didn't have to do my fourth and fifth step with people, right? So in the group, I was pretty closed off. I'm not closed off to the sense where I wouldn't share anything. I just didn't want to share with these other people exactly everything that I had gone through. Um, and there are a couple of reasons for that. It was, you know, basically comfort. In AA, we do a five-minute share and it's over. So, you know, I had no problems talking about the topic or going through the steps. They have these awesome books and your step work is done in these books, in these handbooks, and they're really, really awesome. They take you through scripture. They take you through, like, principle one. You know, they take you through that, and there's a whole section on principle one taking you through the first step, but with Bible verses and relating your life to faith and your life to your addiction, through faith. So there's this really cool tandem when you go to celebrate recovery and you're doing your step work because you feel the presence of your higher power every time you're there, right? And my higher power is God because that's how I choose to address him. And so when you're going through your step work, you don't feel alone. That connection to God gets a lot stronger. And that's one thing that I really, really enjoyed. So if you decide to do Celebrate Recovery and you are going through step work, I do know that they have group settings for those. I do know, though, that some people actually can do step work alone with another person. So, but when I did my fourth and fifth step, that was with my sponsor and my sponsor only. And I can tell you at that point, being able to relieve myself of those, I guess, sins or discretions or past traumas, those really, really helped to do alone with her because I don't, there's no expectation that you should have to do your fourth and fifth step in a group setting. And I 
if anybody ever tells you that you have to do that, I highly suggest that you either find a different way to tell them politely. I don't think that's necessary or it goes against the traditions, but it definitely is important that in every 12-step program, as hard as it is, you don't stop at that fourth and fifth step. You go through them and you don't half-ass them either because those things will come back and they will bite you in the butt. So you do go through the steps individually or the steps four and five with your sponsor and then you will go through the remaining steps in a group setting. And to be honest, that's okay because in AA, that's essentially what we do every week, right? Like we come to AA and we say this past week in AA, we talked about control. And so for us, the topic of conversation was a sharer had said that you know, she had gone to sleep and she had had a drunk dream. And in the dream, she had like four or five glasses of wine. So she knew if she just had like one glass of wine, you know, she'd be fine. And then she remembered that she can't have one glass of wine. And so then how do you really control your thoughts? Well, you can't control your thoughts. You can't control what goes in and out of your brain, right? So... In order to combat that, you start in the meeting by talking about your experience, strength, and hope. And that's essentially what you do in Celebrate Recovery. There's just a faith-based component to it. And that is really something that, for me, really solidified my relationship with God. It really brought me closer to Him. It, It made me want to learn more. It made me hungrier for that relationship with my higher power. And the reason I don't talk about my faith very much on here is because there are so many different programs of recovery. The last thing I want to do is alienate anyone. And if I were to come in here and say, if it weren't for God, by the grace of God, and while those things are absolutely true, right? For me, those are absolutely true. If it weren't for God, if it weren't for my relationship with him, If it weren't for the way that I conduct my life as a Christian, I don't know how easy this would be for me because I do notice that when I am not active in my meditation or active in my pursuit of my relationship with my higher power, I am pretty miserable. And so that is what works for me, but it doesn't work for everybody else that way. So I never want to make you feel like because your higher power isn't God or your higher power isn't a faith-based person, then you're wrong because you're not. You know, I've already told you before that your higher power can be the group of AA, it can be the big book, uh, but eventually most of us do get to a place where we do have a higher power and we do choose to call him God. So I really appreciated the fact that my ability to grow closer to God in that aspect was tied to this Celebrate Recovery. Once I was done with the small group aspect of it, once I was done with doing my 12 steps, I quit attending Celebrate Recovery. And why is that? Is it because I wasn't happy? No, I was absolutely happy with Celebrate Recovery. I love the little amount of worship that I had on Friday night. And I really appreciated my sponsor. And that was really it for me. I was following my sponsor out of the rooms of AA into this 12-step 
faith-based program. So for me, I wanted at that time to have a faith-based 12-step because I knew that for me that that was something that was going to help catapult my relationship into my relationship with God, which is exactly what I wanted. That is exactly what I wanted for me. I wanted to be sober and I wanted a relationship with God. And I knew that going to Celebrate Recovery was going to give that to me. The reason why I left was because I thrive in a very structured environment. I thrive in a very profound, quiet, but strong environment. And AA in those rooms, that's what they gave me. There is rarely any drama in my AA rooms. And there's not any drama in Celebrate Recovery that I know of. And that's where I met my friend Brandon, who took his own life. So, you know, Celebrate Recovery is very, very important for me. Um, But I left because for me, AA was the way that I grew up and the way that I was comfortable. And since I was still attending church, once I completed the 12 steps, I just stayed at the church where I did Celebrate Recovery because a lot of the people in the church actually attended Celebrate Recovery. And we were very open and honest about our addictions and our issues. My pastor actually was a former cokehead. And so I had a lot in common with (laughs) my pastor. And it's really awesome when you go to these churches that have Celebrate Recovery, they actually have a whole different feel to them, to be completely honest, because a lot of the members of the church are not a lot. Uh, members of the church typically will go to Celebrate Recovery there. Um, there are people actually who will go to Celebrate Recovery every single night of the week. So how Celebrate Recovery works is it's like AA meetings. Every Saturday, I go to Hopewell Methodist United Church. And that's where I go for my AA meeting, right? And then, like, say I wanted to go today, I could have gone to the Sunday Park meeting. So, like AA, there are churches around the area that all have Celebrate Recovery. So, if you want to go to a meeting on Friday, or if you want to go to a meeting on Tuesday, you know, it really is based on your schedule. Also, the important thing about that is it's set up like AA for the aspect that if you need to get to a meeting, you can get to a meeting. Unlike AA, if you are having a bad day and you need a meeting in five minutes, unfortunately, due to the structure of Celebrate Recovery, you are not going to get to a meeting in five minutes. You are going to get to a meeting at 7 p.m. when everybody else does. So those contacts and that information of going to AA and NA and having a sponsor are going to be ultimately the most important tool anyway for you because there are no meetings throughout the day in Celebrate Recovery like they are in AA. That does not make it any worse. That does not make it any better. I am just being honest with you that that's how they are structured. They are found online. They are linked on my website, so you can go and check them out. You can go to the CR Groups tab, and it will give you a box, and it says find a Celebrate Recovery group near you or find your Celebrate Recovery state rep. So you can go ahead and enter all that in, 
and it will bring you to your closest CR representative. And it is truly an amazing program. It is something that I don't think without going to that for me as someone who was pursuing a relationship with God that I would have understood certain aspects of sobriety because the important thing for me and the important thing for some people as Christians is knowing that what happens when we die you know what happens when we have to go to the afterlife what happens when you know if there is an afterlife what happens when we have to move on and how can we ultimately be forgiven and the bible gives a really really great forgiveness it gives you a clear cut image of what forgiveness looks like for you it gives you the image of no matter what you have gone through god loves you and when you feel so alone when you feel so insanely isolated or because your friend doesn't forgive you that no one will forgive you it's really nice to know that in these that we are able to get that forgiveness from god okay that was something that was really important to me and not because not because i needed that reassurance or i needed that confirmation but because i knew that there were going to be people that did not forgive me i knew there were going to be acts that seemed unforgivable and so for me being able to confess my sins and instead of someone saying you know do 12 hail marys like someone was actually going to sit down with me and be like look here in the bible is where they talk about um, some of the most horrid things that you can imagine. You know, people driving other people out of their land, or people ignoring lepers because of their skin. People who were, the one thing that I absolutely loved was the story of the prostitute. And the reason why I love that story was because even though I wasn't a street prostitute, I definitely had put myself in a position where I was sleeping with people for drugs, for alcohol. So essentially, by the definition, I was a prostitute. Also, I was cheating on my then spouse. So this story, I actually really loved and it resonated with me. And it's in Luke. It's in chapter 7. And it is verse 36 and it talks about when Jesus went to go into town and the Pharisee invited him to have dinner there was a woman that lived in that town who had a sinful life she learned that Jesus was going to be eating at the Pharisee's house so she came with a jar of perfume and as she stood behind him at his feet weeping she began to wet his feet with her tears then she wiped them with her hair kissed them and poured perfume on them when the pharisee who had invited jesus saw this he said to himself if this man were a prophet he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is okay so think about that here i am going through sobriety i had subjected my body to 
tons of promiscuous activity because I needed something or I was filling a void in my life. And by all accounts and purposes, I was anything but clean. And so when Jesus heard him say that, he was like, listen, I have something to tell you. And Simon said, okay, the Pharisee said, you know, tell me, what's up? He said, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave debts of both. Now, which one will love him more? And Simon stated, I suppose the one with the bigger debt. You judge correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned down towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven, little loves little. And then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Do you know, reading that story, what that did to me? And then there was another one where a woman had touched his cloak. She had been bleeding for 12 years and it was a medical condition. And all she did was touch his robe and she was healed. But she wasn't healed because Jesus was a great healer, right? Because he is and he can, but because she had faith. All because she had faith, she was healed. And he told her, go, you are fine. Like you don't have to worry anymore. And all because she had a little amount of faith, all because she had a little bit of faith, he healed her. So it really is, for me, an interesting thing because I definitely wanted to be healed, right? I wanted to be healed. I wanted to be forgiven. And I wanted someone with that understanding of faith not even religion, because I hate religion, but faith to tell me I've been there too. I've been there too, and I am here with you now, and you are forgiven. I was very important for me in my 12 steps, and when I was done, I have continued to go to AA, and like I said, I am continuing to look for a new church, but the option of Celebrate Recovery gave me the ability to work harder in my faith to get closer to God. It also allowed me an opportunity to meet other people in AA and not even AA but in sobriety. There were people there that were dealing with so many different things that I think for me it was sensory overload because while we were all dealing with addiction or trauma in one way or another, for me, it was a little bit difficult because I didn't feel like sharing certain things with certain people um, or befriending certain people simply because we didn't have that like in common. 
So for me, it wasn't a good fit overall because of that aspect. I needed to be around other alcoholics that dealt specifically with alcohol. Um, but I definitely, definitely, I don't want to say I endorse this program because I, it doesn't need an endorsement, okay? It's a awesome 12-step program. I love the fact that it's faith-based. I love that it brings you closer to your higher power. And I love that it is something that you can literally take with you for the rest of your life. And if you don't go to church, but you want to go to celebrate recovery, if that's your church for the week, then that's your church for the week, right? So it really is a gateway. Celebrate recovery is a huge gateway into other faith-based community things. Newer small groups, newer church, new friendships, new relationships, people who think like you in a faith-based manner. And, you know, that is very important to a lot of people, to include myself. But at that time, I really didn't, I didn't want to continue going simply for the fact that I just was on sensory overload and I needed, I needed like people like me. So I loved the worship part of it and I loved the message that we got. So I'd go to the worship part, but then I wouldn't go to the breakout group. I would just go to the worship part and I really, really enjoyed that because you got to do worship music and you got to hear a message from someone and all those messages are just like AA. Those are definitely the same. So the speaker at the beginning is the best part for me. Um... And there was a few of us, actually, that would go for worship and then not for the small groups or vice versa. People would come for the small group breakout and not for the worship. So, I don't know. Really a great way for people who are curious about a relationship with God to get introduced to it. And it's something that I highly suggest that you look into, especially if you're not only struggling with your faith as a Christian or there are certain things in your life that you know you need in order to get sober, uh, like a community like that outside of the normal AA community, I definitely suggest giving it a look. I definitely suggest going. I don't know if they have anything virtual at this time. I don't think they do. I can check on that for you. But you can go to their website. Their website is Celebration Recovery, and it is linked in my um website myself. I will put something up on Instagram if you follow me there and Facebook and we can get you that information. If you have any other questions about it, I do still have some friends who are in Celebrate Recovery. My sponsor, I don't believe she goes anymore, but I do have a friend named Scott and he would be happy to answer anybody's questions. I am quite sure. He is awesome. He's on fire for God and he really really, really love Celebrate Recovery, but he also goes to AA as well. So again, it's not going to always be the end all. There's all, you can always mix things up, put things together. Um, you know, that's the beauty of the 12-step program. And that's the beauty of, you know, Bill and Bob. Like, man, they created something that was so awesome. Everybody else was like, hey, we need to do this. And the fact that there are churches out there that got on board um, to help people in a faith-based manner is is huge. I really like that because traditional brick-and-mortar churches, you know, you go there and it's brimstone and fire. Or if you're Catholic, you know, you go and sit in a little room and some dude in a robe tells you to do 12 Hail Marys, ten, spin in a circle 10 times and throw salt over your shoulder. Like, there's true application and Celebrate Recovery 
that makes you feel atoned and forgiven. And if that's something that you're absolutely looking for, I suggest giving this um, an opportunity to see how you feel about it. And if it's not a right fit, then you know what? It's not a right fit. If you want to mix it up and do this and AA, hey, that's great. The point is that both of them are there for you. And I am here for you too. So if you need anything from me, if you need to talk, if you need to vent, do not hesitate to reach out. Um, I sleep with my notifications on on my phone um, simply for the fact that if I can hear them and I'm able to help someone, that's what I'm here for. However, if I don't get back to you right away, keep trying to get a hold of someone until you can because that's what saved me from relapse last week. But I really appreciate you and I do have to say my attitude of gratitude is something totally cool this week. My attitude of gratitude, as you know, baseball is back and I have actually had a couple of Major League Baseball players follow me and I'm actually communicating with a couple of them right now regarding their their uh, pitching or their catching and just an attitude of gratitude for those guys because they have had a really rough offseason. And the fact that they still care about the fans and are willing to talk to us and help us out, especially after trolling us for making a not-so-nice tweet about them (laughs) on Twitter. Um, So, you know, shout out to the baseball players who are truly making a difference to their fans and to the sport of baseball. So that's my attitude of gratitude this week. I I had to pick something baseball-related because all this week this week it's been just amazing. One baseball thing after another. So I hope that you continue to have a good rest of your week. Behave, be safe, and if you need anything, reach out. Again, you can find me on email and Instagram, social media, and I truly hope that you have a good rest of your week. Until next time, be well, fam. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of A Sober Girls Podcast. I hope that today's episode was something that you needed to hear today and can carry with you throughout the week until we get together next week. I really look forward to our time together and sharing my experience, strength, and hope so that you feel less alone and more empowered to keep taking it one day at a time. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and on Instagram at a sober girls pod and on our website at a sober girls podcast.podbean.com. There you can find episode specific content and contact information. You can also hear us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, and Spotify. Until next time, fam, be well.